The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things around you. What more is you looking for? Under the sea, under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Up on the shore, they work all day. Out in the sun, they slave away. While we be boating full time, you floating under the sea. <laughs> Welcome to the Vice of Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. And I'm Phil. No, I'm Daryl. Daryl's here. Yeah, yeah, Phil's out for now, so I'll have to fill in for both of us. Get it, fill in? <laughs> I think I made that joke in the liner notes. <laughs> Phil, Phil got really fat and started spewing out gas. And hey, spoilers, corner. asshole. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I said the spoiler Phil found out podcast, asshole. <laughs> yeah, but we always get mad at spoilers for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Phil's job. You are the new Phil. Yeah. it's like for spoilers. Okay, so Daryl picked this one. All right, so what comic are we doing this week? Uh, Daryl picked that out, so you can describe it for us. Uh, we're doing Yo by the horror master Uzumaki. Because it's October! I mean, not Uzumaki, Junji Ito. Uzumaki's his other story. Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, Uzumaki's story. other book. His name is Junji Ito, you motherfucker. Bakagaijin. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, last October we did one of his stories for the manga episode and it was the amigara fault and it was a really good story and i was telling these guys it's like we need to read gyo and uzumaki so you guys can get like a better sense on how like bizarre this guy is and we've almost done gyo like a dozen times and it just kept getting pushed back yeah until we're like i guess we'll do it for halloween and now finally well halloween's not even here yet but it's october so good enough reason to do it it's our spectacular (laughs) month part Two or attempt number two. I don't know what you want to call it. Attempt number two at celebrating <laughs> horror. After the failure of last year, we're trying to fix our mistakes. Wait, we failed last year? It's a joke, Daryl. Oh, okay. Like you. <laughs> Never mind. This is going great. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Phil, come back. Phil's not here to tell us about history or whatever. <laughs> Alright, yeah. so Phil can't tell us about Japan. It's Actually, really Halloween deficient. was a <laughs> pagan holiday. It's uh, technically All Hallows' Eve. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I, you can pretty much guess what the origins of like the, the fears of this story are because you know Japan, Japan is a very you know fishing centric culture. So I guess they probably yeah. Did, All right, <laughs> yeah. Let's just get into it. So the story opens with our main character, Tadashi, and he's a scuba diver, and he's swimming in the ocean. He sees a battleship, and then some sharks swim by, and he's like, whoa. And he notices something that they're chasing. It's like this little thing that he doesn't know what it is, but he comes up onto his boat. It moves past like a torpedo. Like, it's super fast. Mm -hmm. And he's like, wow, I nearly got killed. Like, that, that was so dangerous. And he's talking to his girlfriend, and his girlfriend is both one of the, like, She's she's really she complains a lot. She nags him, but she's also the saddest character in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so her big thing is that she has a really sensitive nose and the smell of the sea makes her sick. And the same with like fish and everything. Yeah. Uh, also, one thing that stood out to me in this scene that I thought was really funny is he escapes the sharks, jumps in the boat, and then he like mocks the sharks. 
Yeah. He, like, taunts them, and he's like, that's what you get. You'll have to get up pretty early in the morning to catch me. <laughs> or something to catch like Dashi. Yeah, it's yeah. like a confident shonen character. Try yeah. and kill yeah. me next time, gun. Yeah, and he also, he complains that she's the one who is like, let's go fishing and let's go to this fish place, but it stinks, mm-hmm. so she's complaining about it. She's a weird character. Uh, she's actually, like, like uh, she's really annoying and bitchy, but I think she's overall a well-written character, if not particularly likable, because uh, a lot of the, sto- the stories about her, particularly her fears and stuff like that. Like, Tadashi's more like, the hero while most of the yeah. fears playing to her stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She is actually the victim of this story. Well, Tadashi's kind of like... He's, he's kind of so absent-minded that nothing phases him too much. Like, he doesn't get scarred by anything, and she goes through hell during this yeah. whole thing. Tadashi also is this, like, weirdly, like, immortal, invulnerable character. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like a shonen character. He's like fucking, like, Goku, like, ends up in the fucking you know, armor. Like, like I don't want to say he's, like, a Mary Sue, because he doesn't really, like, accomplish anything. But he's but... kind of like Mary Sue in that he's, he's just ultra-loyal, ultra-likable. Like, he, he doesn't have any characteristics... Besides he, being, he's, he's very clearly a vessel for the reader to experience the whole story. Yes. Since we're like stuck in his viewpoint and we can't jump around, it's like, well, he has to go everywhere, so therefore he has to be immortal to what is happening. But doesn't yeah. just that the fact that he's uh, like an everyday man? Like he's exceptionally heroic and exceptionally loyal to Kayori. Even like during the darkest times of the story, he is loyal to her and wants to protect her and save her. Uh, yeah. How many love stories have you read, Sly? In general, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I, I it's still like he's definingly heroic. I wouldn't call him like an every man. He's, no, he's every man heroic in like a romantic sense, at least. Dare likes to imagine himself like he. If my girlfriend became uh, like Kyari, I would uh, fucking uh, love her. <laughs> no, I'm not saying body. that. I'm saying a lot of stories are like written like this, where it's about like this undying love to someone. That's like I'll follow you to the ends of the earth because yeah, like, undying that's how love is because to be. nothing can touch this fucking guy. Yeah, I, I would define it more like a, as a hero type more than like an everyday man type of character. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that shows Sly's pessimism for the human race. Where <laughs> <laughs> he's like a hero, is someone that will stick by you when you're sick. He can't be an everyman because people are shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there, she's arguing with him and she's like, I want to leave Okinawa. I want to go back to Tokyo. And he's like, well, why don't you just leave then? And so she's like, fine, I will. And she walks outside. Oh, this is after their big fight that starts because apparently he has bad breath. Oh, yeah. And he's like, let me kiss you. And she's like, no, you have terrible breath. And he's like, I can't just kiss you once. And she's like, no, your breath is so bad that you have to kiss, you have to brush your teeth literally before every single kiss. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, why haven't you told me this? And she's like, we haven't been, we weren't together long enough for me to tell you this, but now that we have been, you <laughs> like smell that, so bad. That they move in and she reveals this to him. <laughs> and it's almost and- like the catalyst to this whole thing. <laughs> Yep, she brought it on herself. Uh, so she, she screams outside after she left to go home, and he runs after her, and she says that there was something, like, scuttling nearby, and you see, like, this big swoosh through the grass. And they so make a big, uh, uh, spoilers, the walking fish make a fish fish sound as they walk, by the way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he brings her back into the house, and she takes a shower, but then the, the fish is there in the shower with her, to, and she passes out. So then um, Tadashi has to chase it through the house and he eventually gets it behind like a uh, dresser and then smashes it with the dresser. And then it has like this almost full page spread of just this mashed fish with these weird like it looks like organic legs on it. But they're yeah. like 
they're artificial. They're like they look like they really grown. are on the artificial, I, I, which is kind of weird because I, I my but it's not like it's not like artificial like you'd think like prosthetics or something. It's like no, but it looks it looks it looks like something out of like uh, H.R. Geiger like aliens yeah. type of stuff. But like yeah. uh, originally, what I thought this was were like uh, other creatures bonding to these fish. Because uh, the fish are, are they make well, it pretty spoilers, clear that, that is what it is. <laughs> the, 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 the fish are, are pretty clearly dead. It's really these walking legs that are controlling everything. Yeah, but uh, they're not uh, like uh, ancient Eve or anything. There's a very weird explanation for it. Yeah. Oh, one thing I do want to point out is uh, usually we open these shows with talking a little bit about the art, but I love it a lot. Yeah, the artist yes. is what makes his story for me. He is a, so good. Yep, exactly. He is a really good artist, and all of his pages are really de- detailed, and he has, like, a masterful hand at doing, like, cross-hatching and outlining yeah. characters or, like, things that just look really grotesque and horrendous. The designs for, like, the legs and stuff are super detailed, but the f- and, like, just look really, really cool, but the animals look super realistic. Like, I think the fish yeah. are, like, really, really well-drawn, and like the, it just it, and all the characters are very distinct, and it's just I, the detail is even in the backgrounds and everything is is really great to me. And, and mm-hmm. I, I love the way uh, Jinju Ito uh, draws humans because like it's anime style, but it feels a lot more realistic than most anime style. Yeah, like definitely. the eyes are still anime, yep. but the, and they're still like kind of like soft looking people, but um, uh, they they actually have a realistic feel to them. Yeah, they look like people just with like you know larger eyes. Yeah, and one of my problems with a lot of manga and anime that I've seen or read is I feel like a lot of, especially the women, look the same, and mm-hmm. I never got any characters confused in this book. Oh yeah, I, I agree could too. easily tell them all apart. Um, so after he smashes this walking fish, he takes it outside, and he just drops it in the grass because he wants to keep it because he's like, you know, this is a new type of species. They have to like take it to someone. But it really stinks to him. And so he goes inside and his girlfriend starts complaining. It's like, I can still smell it. It's really bad and stinky. And she's like naked and crawling on the floor towards him while explaining this. And she's like, you have to get rid of it. Put it in a bag and like absolutely get rid of it. So he's like, okay, fine. So he puts it in a bag. And then later on this fish comes back through a window in the inflated bag because it was stinking so much it filled the bag with gas. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this kind of silly scene of this bag with this dead fish in it floating in and then his girlfriend Kaori just starts freaking out and like screaming and leaving the house and he's just trying to like shoot away but it keeps chasing her. And I love the way this is introduced because he's, she's like, it still smells. And he's like, well, we can't get rid of it. This is scientifically important. So he goes outside to just move it farther away from the window. And <laughs> yeah. that's when it flies into the apartment. And also, that's worth noting, part of Kiori's bitching, aside from all this bitching about the smells, she also is very jealous. Uh, like, she, I don't know. If, uh, she's very insecure about her relationship with... Tadashi, and she's like, you care more about that fish than you do me, you fuck you. Mm-hmm. And that jealousy comes up later on. Yep. Yeah. So he chases out, and then it goes out to sea, like, into the air. And then, while he's standing on the beach, uh, looking around, he sees two other, uh, others things scuttling towards the beach, and it's two more, or three more walking fish. And uh, then it's the next day, and he's trying to explain to the police that 
there were walking fish, and of course the police don't believe him. It's like walking fish, how could you? <laughs> also, Kiari won't back him up. She's like, oh, you again? Like, oh, you, you just care about yep. stupid fucking fish? I'm still sick, you fucking asshole. Yeah, he's yeah. like, talk to them, Kiari, and she's like, hmm. so yeah. then he yells at her, and she's like, I have a fever, you know, give me a break. And then it starts showing fishermen out on the sea start pulling up walking fish, and they're dumping walking fish like onto their boat, and they're like, whoa, what is happening? And it goes to like. A beach scene, which is like our classic, you know, Jaws trope. Of, get out of the people, water! Yeah, people playing in the water. They see the fin. They're like, yeah, the water. So everyone gets out and they're like, oh, this is fine. And then they're like, that's weird. The shark is still coming for us. And then it like it goes half above water. And then the rest of it, you see the big walking legs go above water. Yeah, it's like a huge version of the, the fish legs. Yeah, this is like the first scary scene. And it is the way he draws the shark. Like, because it, it's... You kind of have the POV, POV of the, like, people on the beach, and you just see this giant shark coming at you. It's really awesome. And yeah. we should note, too, that the these walking machines have, like, pipes and tubes that go into the gills of the fish. And for, like, the shark, there's, like, eight pipes on each side going into yeah. the gills. It yeah. looks very, like, unnatural and painful. Yeah. So then the shark ends up going to Tadashi's house while he's taking care of a sick Kaori. And it it goes up and it starts like trying to find a way into his house, and it uh, like it busts through a door, and it tries chasing him down a hallway, but it's it's so big like it can barely fit. And then while this is going on, there's a whole bunch of um, walking fish that are bombarding basically like the city, like stampeding through it, so they can't like go out into the streets just yet. Mm-hmm. So then. Uh... There's, like, news reports going on about how, like, the walking fish are stampeding through Okinawa. And I, I like how they talk about, uh, oh, the economic damage is caused by this event. It's very true life. Like, uh, people are fucking dying because these fish. And it's like, yeah, oh, look the, at the economic damage here. This yeah. enti- well, the entire city is not doing any business at all. I know, but, like, there's a big concern. Like, these fucking fish. <laughs> oh, yeah, that there's a huge loss of life and people are like, we're not, you know, making money. Yeah. Very true in real life. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got to be anti-capitalist. I mean, I got to be pro-capitalist. Dang it. You got to be Phil for our... It's just realism, Sly. So then Tadashi says, I I need to go see my uncle about this. And his uncle is the one who he borrowed the house from. Like, he owns this house that they're staying in in Okinawa. And now they're back in Tokyo. Yeah, they, they went to Tokyo. They left Okinawa. And he goes to see him. And this guy's like, he's got like, you know, the long untamed hair and he's kind of like creepy looking he's an inventor he's a... like he looks like a fucking inventor from like a japanese manga if you ever seen one yeah, yeah he's one of those where he's so like loyal to his work that he doesn't even watch the news he just works all day so tadashi starts telling him about this like you know there's these walking fish and he's like oh that's you know really interesting you like do you have a specimen he's like no i don't but then, luckily, Tadashi goes back to see Kaori, and she starts screaming at him again. How she can like smell that the smell's still here, even though there's no walking fish around. And she's like, "I'm not crazy. You won't listen to me." And then, as he's chasing her, she starts running away again. Um, she collapses in the street, and he notices up high in the sky is the fish that was in the bag. Yeah, he's followed <laughs> and, him to Tokyo. Yeah, and so it starts coming down to them again. And the bag eventually pops, and out comes just a completely, like, decaying, dead fish with no eyes and its spine showing that's still attached to the legs. 
Okay, this part is so weird because he keeps Tadashi keeps saying to her, like, "Oh, it's just you can't get the smell out of your memory." And then this fish shows up, and this keeps this. She keeps saying this, and he's like, "Oh, that was just a coincidence that it happened to show up here. It's the only one. You're you're. It's still just a memory. The smell's just a memory. Like, <laughs> if this bag showed up, I would maybe believe her at this point. Yeah, yeah. that she can smell them before anyone else can. <laughs> She has the most sensitive nose in all of <laughs> Yeah, Tokyo. it's her superpower. <laughs> Why won't anyone believe me? <laughs> so then he brings the bag to his uncle. They open up the bag, and it's super stinky. We should emphasize that the like a big part of this series is that this really smells bad. Like decaying, yeah, it smells dead, like you know, everyone flesh. says it smells terrible. Like what does that smell? That's how you can tell the creatures are nearby. That's one of the most important parts of the story. Yes. Yep. So then, um, he brings it to his uncle. His uncle explains, like, he tells him this weird story about, like, how his father wanted to be cremated because he didn't want anyone to ever smell, like, his death scent. Yeah, because he says the fish smells like a human corpse. Yeah, which was like, uh, oh, I wonder why his father thought that. And and Koyunagi, like, uh, the the uncle, uh, um, that's how he knows what it smells like. The fish, he says the fish smells like a dead human corpse because that's how my father smelled when I found him working late, uh, three days like three days after he died or something like that. Yeah, yeah he, he had a heart time. attack and no one found him until three yeah. days later. And then while this uh, Tadashi goes back to Sikori, who's having like a like a cockroach scuttles out of their closet. And she thinks it's a fish, but it's just a cockroach. And then, it's nice being switch. Yeah, I think that's that's the author's way of saying like, well, she's not like always right. Like she she is pretty traumatized and hallucinating. Yeah. And so it cuts back to the uncle who's um, dissecting the fish, and he he detaches like the corpse of the fish from the legs, and he's like, this is interesting. Is this part of the fish? And then as he reaches over to see it, it has these like, um, like a dozen pincers. It's kind of like a rib cage. Yeah, like like a rib cage or like a hair clip that like closes around the body. Yep. So as he reaches down to see it, it clips onto his uh, arm and he can't get it off of himself. And starts warping it. uh, This is where they learn that it's a separate creature. The legs are separate from the the fish. The fish is just like a a host for for these legs. Mm -hmm. So this to me was the first like big cliffhanger. And I was like, what's going to happen to the uncle? And then the next chapter starts with the uncle just calling them on the phone. Like, hey, come over. I got something to show you. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. thought th- I thought that was like a false sense of security. And it's going to reveal he's like became a zombie or something like that. Yeah. But he's just casual about like, hey, come over. <laughs> no, they yeah. show like both him and his assistants have like shadows under their eyes. Like they haven't been sleeping. But then, like, the conversation is pretty regular. That's yeah. true. Like, he, do- he does dump a bunch of lore on them, which is like... Yeah. A, a, yeah. So this is when he has the big exposition dump where he explains that in, during the Pacific War, that's what he calls it, I guess that's World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, World War II. Yeah. So during World War II, his dad, the one that he found dead in the factory, was part of this, like, scientific experimental crew, and they discovered this germ that whenever you put it in an animal, it would create, like, a, like copious amounts of noxious gas. Yeah, in, and, the, in their tissues and their stomach. Yeah, and it smells like it smells like a, a dead human body. Yeah, and they he, they tried to turn this into a weapon. By what they would do is they would feed like they would get these animals sick, like dogs and cats, and march them into enemy territory. And now this part to me, I had a little difficulty with the tone here 
Because this is where this is uh, uh, as you start explaining it more and more. Is like I'll 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 admit my 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 old my my final thoughts a little bit here. Uh, I think the story gets worse as it keeps going, and this is kind of like the first puncture as they start explaining oh, more. Oh, you think this is bad? Because so I thought I thought this was real like gruesome and great. Here's the thing. It, it I I'm in the middle here where I thought it was. Good. Let me explain what it is. So it's yeah. these dogs. You're always in the middle, Ryan. It's fucking. It's these dogs walking through an enemy battlefield, and they're spraying this noxious gas everywhere, but it's shooting out of their mouths and their butts. Yeah. It, to me, like, it's gruesome that they're torturing these animals like this, but at the same time, like, it's, they're farts. They're big farts and burps. <laughs> yeah. But it's coming out like a, like a plume. It's, yeah. It's kind of really silly. It's also really silly because uh, they, we figured this out during the Middle Ages. Like, this is why they d- dumped cow carcasses with fucking trebuchets and shit into, like, fortresses. Like, it's very easy to transport a fucking, uh, a rotting animal into a territory. But like, you not with, but it's like... Forever farting, but like it's, it's like the, the the premise is weird. Like the 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 experiments they create makes no sense. They they, they fart, and also I think they, they explain too much of it, and it's really a weird explanation. And I think a key part of horror is you shouldn't know too much about it. Like too much. Well, I mean, they, they do the they do keep it. some like where did the germ come from, and later on they kind of like hint it's like maybe this is like an alien type. They, of They thing. do, but that makes me more convoluted than the other things they add to it. Like it's it's just like, such a the story gets more and more convoluted and weird and goofy as it keeps going. <laughs> See, I I like to be the farting, pooting, gas stuff because it's such a weird unnatural thing you wouldn't see in like western media like no yeah, one would be like true. here's this gas weapon do you know it comes out of your orifices including your butthole <laughs> like no one would try and illustrate that but he's like this is like realistic as you're walking around it'd be coming out of your mouth and your butt but it just looks silly <laughs> yeah true but it, i mean again like it's this weird like gruesome way of looking at it. It's sort of like if you found a relative dead on the toilet that pooped like their pants or something it's like that's like you know that's that's something we're used to thinking is why humors. would they be on the toilet if they pooped their pants <laughs> they couldn't get it down in <laughs> they, time. They, they got a toilet they were too late they, 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 they <laughs> oh no i'm dying <laughs> um but I it's it's guess. like like you think it's like funny, but it's actually like really dark, like a later scene. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll, we'll continue with it later because we yeah. go uh, into uh, our final thoughts. But yeah. I, I do I, I do kind of get where Daryl is coming from, and it's half of my thoughts on this overall story. Yeah. So anyway, the animals apparently they weren't like they weren't going far enough before the animals would just drop dead. So they built these machines. That were the legs that are powered by the gas. Again, instead of just having like planes or trebuchets, like anything, to, they have to create like walking spider legs to carry these. I think the spider legs but are they, way creepy. Yeah, these are like autonomous things. You don't need planes. You just like put these guys down and they destroy a countryside. But it's such a, it's such a, uh, what a roundabout, like you don't need this for the solution. Like what a, no, what but, a convoluted. No, but the legs are important because what happens is after the thing dies, the legs keep it moving. So mm-hmm. it's not like you just drop missiles on a place. It's missiles that then keep moving across the entire country. Yeah. It'd be like a fire that doesn't stop burning. Yeah, exactly. So all the prototypes that they had that they were bringing over the boat, a, a U.S. plane sunk them all and they sunk to the bottom of the ocean. So that's obviously where all the fish came from. 
And Kaori, hearing the story, gets super nauseous and runs to the bathroom and sees that she's developing boils all over her skin. And she passes out again. She's always passing out. (laughs) She's always running away from her boyfriend and passing out. This is not a a heroic female protagonist story. Again, she's the victim. She's trying to get away and she can't and she passes out. So this time she passes out because of, I think, one of the creepiest things in the whole book it's the uncle's arm dismembered walking with the legs on it all like rotten and weird coming at her yeah and all the tubes are tied in like are punctured into his arm yeah so then the uncle back at the uncle's exposition dump he's explaining that the tubes on the machine are what happens is the animals are making all this gas and then the tubes take out the gas and power the legs that's why the bag filled up with the fish in it because it was leaking all this gas yeah and he this is when it's revealed he's just like oh yeah i cut off my arm to study it and like it shows him like freshly cut off the arm and like still like dissecting it and stuff he he wants to cut it off because you don't want any virus it might have to spread to his body because the the germ spreads very very quickly and he, he points out that the fish are all dead, just like his arm is dead. So it's not like the fish's fault. It's the germs are controlling everything. And the germs are alive. And it's implied that the germs are sentient. That's how they know like yeah. how to walk. And it's more than just... It's more than just, like, you know, zombie instinct. They seem to actually have, like, ki- semi-sentient thought process. See, for me, like, I understood and I, like... I was down with using this like death stench, which is referred to in this book, as a, like a, a a weapon in warfare, like a chemical weapon. But then when it's like sentient germs, I was like, this is like a a jump. I don't know if I can make. Yeah, like and it gets even weirder from here. Oh yes, um, yeah. When yes. they reveal that ghosts are involved. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. I, I don't like honestly. Um, that's one of my problems with the story is it gets further and further away from the original premise of walking fish. It, like I thought the original premise was going to be these creatures attack these attach these fish. They're walking on land now, uh, and the, the, the death stench was just the fact that they're, they're carrying around corpses of them. But now we have to bring in germs and ghosts and stuff into it, and mm-hmm. I'm like this is getting weird, weird for no reason. I I kind of liked how weird it got, but we'll get to that. Later. Yeah, it, it's so, a trip. Again, so this, this is the kind of, like, specialness you can only find in Japanese media sometimes. Yeah, for sure. So Tadashi now goes home to find Kaori locked up in her room, and she's hiding under the and, covers. And there's and, a stench coming from her room. And he's almost like, he's like, I thought you hated the stench, now it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and now then you she, submerse yourself in it? Yeah, and then she pulls off the blanket, and she's like disgusting like she's covered in boils she looks like she's bloated really bloated bloated. it's like really really gross and then the fish are swarming the city now so there's like millions and millions of these fish and also the military tries to kill these fish but they always use fucking like ak-47s and stuff like say bombs (laughs) yeah like why can't they like i'm not not saying like they would have worked but they didn't even test it's like firebombing these Fish will work. They usually like try to shoot. At, they don't even shoot at the, the legs. They shoot at the, the fish. Like even when they f- realize the fish aren't what's causing the problem. Yeah, I mean they are in the middle of Tokyo. They probably don't want to firebomb Tokyo. But even but... by the end, like, even when Tokyo's fucking gone. That's true. They're, that's true. They're, 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 Spoilers. A lot, of people, a lot of people. First of all, it takes a long time to. I, I, I kind of realize the legs were a problem. Like page uh, ten of the story, it takes the characters forever to realize it. Like uh, and like I kind of realize it's probably the smell of a rotting corpse. 
pretty early. Like, uh, what else smells that terrible besides these fucking fish? I look like they're. I don't know. Have you ever smelled a rotting corpse? I have. I know, but these these fish these these fish are rotting. Yeah, but then how do they know where to go unless they're being driven? You know, the legs. Like no no one suspects germs to be the main enemy. it's, 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 a lot of the characters in the story seem pretty dumb. Like even when Tadashi, uh, he's making connections that like I figure out pretty early. Kaori's sick. Uh, she's having pus pop on her skin randomly. Uh, she has a fever whole entire time, and now it smells in the room. And Tadashi's still like, "Oh, why are you smelling so bad?" Kaori like he doesn't make a connection. Ta- ta- I mean, like when I was reading a bunch of the manga stuff for the horror month, this is like just the most common thing in all the stories is that there's always people asking these obvious questions that like you as the reader are already aware of. Yeah. yeah we're like how can you be saying this if you died like a week ago and it's like well they're a ghost or a zombie or whatever yeah so kaori disgusted with herself as she sees herself in the mirror and realizing that the stink is coming from her she tries to jump off the balcony tadashi stops her but then she runs away and hangs herself later and this is one of the creepiest pages to me because it's yeah her, like, gross zombie body like just hanging there and yeah. she's so bloated and heavy that she breaks the rope herself. It's not just this. It's like it's this really bizarre image of the. It's her hanging there, but because it's still ejecting the gas from her anus, she's spinning around really fast on the wire. <laughs> which is one of the things. Like it's it's kind of like funny, but in like this very dark way where it's your girlfriend trying to kill herself, but she's just spinning around on this uh, the lamp above. I them. think the dark creepy unsettling humor of this it works very well here maybe not when it's a dog just with his mouth open with farts coming out <laughs> I, I generally i don't think it works here or most of the story from this point on i think this is where the story starts appearing off the edge for me okay so anyway tadashi's trying to bring her to the hospital and it's actually really sweet i think this part because she's like dying and like obviously like just at the brink of death and he's like trying to get a car he's trying to call the hospital and he's like i'll just take you and he puts her on his back and he's just like running through this like horrible mm-hmm. war zone carrying her there they they, get even though she's sick he's still willing to protect her yeah I mean, even though she's sick it seems like she's fucking dead now at this point yeah like, she's not breathing i don't think yeah, and they get attacked by a walking shark, but he escapes and brings Kaori to his uncle. The uncle's like, I'll drive her to the hospital, you go to your parents' house. And as on his way, a squid grabs him and goes to drag him away. Which and is also really weird. Like, it just, like They don't really grab people except for this one scene. Like, he just, the squid grabs him and carries him away. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. And, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> squid's gonna you got me, Sly. <laughs> I can't defend it. <laughs> And he's in his rush to break away. He falls over a ledge and falls into a pit filled with like the fish of all sizes. And the little ones start crawling all over him. Mm. And that's what ends volume one. (sighs) Yep. I do. I I do want to say that uh, the pit that uh, Tadashi falls into the end is kind of creepy because it's like all these tiny little fish everywhere swarming him. Uh, yeah, it's like wanted... fish of all sizes. They kind of look like little tiny bugs. So I guess if you had, like, exactly, a... I thought they were bugs at first. Yeah, like tiny, fear tiny... fish. <laughs> like that. That's a that's a really creepy visual. I kind of wish the story did more of that. Hmm. Okay, so while he's in this pit, he all of a sudden the gases coming out of all the fish form these faces, and 
In this scene, I, I took it more as hallucination, yeah. but apparently later on, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it, the, these are the ghosts. The, the, the gas is powered by dead ghosts. By, yeah, it's, he's wondering if it's the souls of the dead from World War II in the gas, and one forms the face of Kaori, and then he wakes up in the hospital. So I took it as, like, this was doctors looking over him and stuff, like, and he's hallucinating mm-hmm. it. And of course, like, he sees Kaori because he wants to be with her again. Yeah, exactly. So he wakes up in the hospital and he's been actually in a, he's been unconscious for a month. And so in this, in this time period, the fish have swarmed the entire world. Everywhere is under martial law. And when he runs out, like the streets are filled with the military and there's like gas everywhere. And he visits his uncle who tells him that Kaori is dead and him. And so he goes back to his house that night and then his uncle's assistant miss yoshiyama comes to him says i can't lie to you anymore i have to tell you the truth even though it's only been one page yeah. <laughs> and that's the secret for one day i kept but to be fair for yeah. it's been a month and like i guess it's been haunting her that she has to tell somebody i guess yeah that's i hadn't thought of that <laughs> it just it from a reading perspective it happens very quickly from a narrative, yeah. from a narrative like yeah yeah it is literally and, one page <laughs> yeah kaori is still alive and she's hooked up to a much more complicated version of this walking machine mm-hmm. apparently she's been in a coma this whole time and his uncle had built this extra powerful walking machine with stainless steel like all his fancy gadgetry yeah, yeah it, she's like the- she's curled up in kind of like this fetal position strapped down to it and her in her mouth are two tubes that are sewn to her lips and then she's also got one upper butt, which which I think like that's that some of that stuff is like the horror stuff, like this body horror of your body being invaded. Yeah, it, with it's tubes. definitely going like a beach return to this grotesque monstrosity. Mm-hmm. I do think, uh, especially with Koyonagi's design, <laughs> they they look more goofy than they should have been, like curled up in the fetal position, their butts hanging out, tubes with their butts. <laughs> like later on, Koyonagi, uh, one there's another uh, different. Uh, machine where you're more like a spread eagle, like crucified on these machines, and th- they did that a bit more like creepy, less goofy. I think. But I mean, really no. how does how is it supposed to make sense when it's like grabbing you? I guess you want them to be like spread out, like hunched over the machine. Because the machines are so small, you have to be. Well, it doesn't up. make much sense because the way they, they get grabbed is by the gas. The way spoilers, the way the gas grabs you is the gas. Really, you the gas comes alive, makes hands, and picks you up and forces you onto these machines. So we're talking about things not making sense. I, I think we're past that. Point. I don't know. I think the fetal position, like smushed up, like and like tied up to this machine, is is creepy. Yeah, it makes you. It makes them look like more pitiful and pathetic. When they, when they, so when you saw, see later on, they have they have swarms of these, and there's all a bunch of people's butts just hanging out there. You're like, this is creepy and not goofy. The thing is, like, I think the butts are silly <laughs> and goofy, but once you accept the premise that like. The gas is coming out of their butts. If you're going to accept that it's coming out of all their orifices, then, like, for, once I got over that and stopped, like, giggling every time there was a butt crack, like, I think that this is the more creepy way to handle it because she's, like, smushed up into this ball that, like, Yeah, she's, she's like, constricted is, and yeah. bound, which would make you feel... Well, why, why would Kori Nagi put her like this? Like, the, the, uh, you, you can argue the, the gas might do it, but why would Nagi put her like this? Before well, any of the other humans got converted, by the way, too. Because he needed. She was know. the first one that we saw like this. I know, but like, why also, do he? Why yeah, why did he do this look... instead of making her a spread eagle? Yeah, like why? Why is he make have dignified <laughs> one for himself? She's more aerodynamic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe he was know. just trying to emulate the other walkers. He's like, I guess you have to be balled up. I don't know. But then he doesn't do it for the other one. I don't know. I, I, well, the other the one's premise... after he already learned how to make those machines. Okay, so that's yeah. he perfected it. Yeah, he perfected it. He found Spread Eagle was much better than balled up. Yeah. But anyway, he listened to Sly's advice. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Tadashi is obviously like super messed up about this. And the uncle has no problem with it. He's like, no, look, I've done experiments. Isn't this cool? And he hits a button and she starts running around. And Tadashi wants to unhook her from this. And when he goes to do that, the gas and the germs like flip out and go to run away. And in the process, she st- he she stabs the uncle. Yeah, she tramples and... him. And since all these legs are like little thin needles, it's like it, it yeah. pierces his stomach. And then Tadashi goes after her, and now, like, there's so much gas in the streets, it's like a fog everywhere, and it's, the fish now are starting to die off, because they're, like, super rotten, so we're starting to see, like, dogs, and people are now infected by it, and it's like, they're they're almost evolving in front of us, and it's really creepy, and some of the people are hooked up to legs, but some people are still, like, acting Yeah, I like that it shows when... that there's people in this, like, quarantine, you know, gas zone that... They're just bloated and they just live here now. Like, And they're just constantly spewing gas from their mouth and their butt. And there's an interesting point where Tadashi asks one of them, like, for directions or something. And the guy helps him. And Tadashi's, like, disgusted. And he's, like, taken aback that this guy wasn't, like, a villain. And he's like, oh, th- th- thanks. And he, like, runs away. And it's just, like, it's this... I really like this, like, status quo of it's not the full apocalypse. Like, it's like a casual apocalypse slowly, like, coming down upon them, and they don't know how to react, basically. Yeah, it's like a mid-stage of it. Yeah, because it's especially after he was unconscious for a month. Like, that's how The Walking Dead starts, too. It's an easy way to skip that and just have, like, oh, everyone's zombies now. But still showing the mid-steps are really interesting to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, Tadashi, uh, he sees because like like Ryan said, like one he meets one of these, these fat gas people, but they, they're act normal. Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and he sees he sees one of them. Sorry and about they, the smell. <laughs> he sees one of them uh, start get blowing towards a pair of empty walking legs, and they join together. So like I like I said, the gas literally like forms hands and picks people up and puts them into these machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, the ground's one, now. The one guy that they show go into the machine, I didn't see like arms on him. It just seemed like he was kind of like stumbling over. Yeah, yeah they, they reveal that later, but like that's what they reveal eventually. That's how it works. But at first, it just seemed like he's just flying towards it. Yeah. like. Yeah. But uh, and now, because there's all these abandoned machines because the fish are all dead, the, the, the ground's like a minefield of legs aching to grab onto a host, and they, they pinch Dadashi's legs. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And one, one, one soldier's like shooting at all the. All the all the walking human host leg thingies, and like I said, they, he doesn't shoot the legs. He shoots the fucking human beings on them. And Tadashi like stop shooting the fucking humans. And the guy's like, oh, if you don't stop me, I'll, if you try to stop me, I'll shoot you too, motherfucker. And Tadashi like, okay, okay, I don't want to bomb him, man. <laughs> I I want to bring up there's this one page that it's really brief, but it, it kind of properly portrays the horror of this world is that after Tadashi gets his foot pinched there's another guy screaming for help who's completely normal but all the teeth keep trying to bite onto him and so he's got like he's got one on his head two on his arms one on his thigh and it's just like this horror nightmare of walking through like this these bear traps what it must be yeah that is that is a that is a really creepy visual um thanks for pointing that out 
But uh, another creepy visual is actually uh, another fat bloated guy shows up to them and says, "Oh, help me! It's coming!" And a giant figure appears in in in, in the fog like smell smelly air. <laughs> it's actually and it's one. It's a giant giant pair of legs. Uh, and instead of one person, it's like a ball of people hooked up to this one machine. Basically, yeah, it's it was the... the legs from one of the sharks. Exactly. Yep. And since uh, th- there were like eight tubes in the sharks, now there's you know eight tubes all connecting to different people that it's keeping clasped yeah. there. And this is a, this is a creepy visual because this is a very standard visual of like a, a, a ball of writhing massive humanity, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, it's very creepy here with the top of these legs. That's the thing is, even the stuff we said about, like, how some things are goofy and stuff like that, if it was a different artist, this a lot of this all. stuff wouldn't work at all. Oh, yeah, Junji, yeah, I want to say, Junji uh, Wito, if this, if this was any other artist, uh, this would not have any creepy fact whatsoever. Even, like, the goofier stuff have a creep factor just because of the way Junji Wito draws it. Yeah, and yeah. even the, the bad stories I've read of his, I still, like, finish because I like his art so much, I want to see what he does with, like... You know, where it does, yeah. like, a full page of this gruesome-looking thing. Like, I always yeah. love that stuff. There is a, a movie adaptation of this. Uh, I haven't yeah? watched it. I haven't watched it because it's an anime movie adaptation. I haven't watched it because it's CGI sharks and fish. Oh, man, and it's like, CGI? This, there's no way to fucking make that work. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, uh, I think you're thinking of Sharknado. <laughs> That's what it looks like when you see the trailer. It's like Sharknado. Also, one weird thing is they also make... Uh, uh, Cairo, the main character, and Setsudashi. Oh, Kaori? Uh, Kaori, yeah. It made her the main character, Setsudashi, but they took away everything that made her Kaori, and now she's just the hero character. Does Tadashi get trapped yeah, in the machine? Here's the weird thing about it. Tadashi's barely a character. Like He doesn't go with them to Okinawa. He's in Tokyo, uh, and uh, Kairo's kind of gets back to Tokyo to meet him. By the time she gets back to Tokyo, he's already a fucking... Uh, uh, stench monster already. Mm. So like he's not even a character. So Dash is not a main character. Cairo's like a generic heroic female, and they have a bunch of new characters that are just there to become to die off basically. Yeah. So it makes it more like traditional horror, I guess. Exactly. That's what they basically did with the adaptation, <laughs> and that's that's one thing to, to give credit to the story. Like despite my faults with it, like it's not traditional horror at all, really. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of not traditional horror, we are about at the place that I was hesitant to recommend this story because this scene <laughs> is so weird. Yeah, strange music lures the creatures and Tadashi to a nearby circus tent. Okay, first off, that's oh pretty weird God. that everyone's being lured by strange music. Yeah. Uh, Tadashi sees a circus performed by the creatures <laughs> and their hosts. And it's like, you can see the, just, the leg things doing acrobatics. Just, you can see that bloated guys playing it's music. so weird. Just think bro. about this. This story about like this horrible post-apocalypse or like mid-apocalypse world of these people, you know, the army fighting these people. And Tadashi stumbles upon an entire circus devoted to these creatures having fun. And like elephants are tied up with tubes in them. And they have like a cannon in the back. And yeah. they have clowns playing flute with gas yeah they're like do you notice how their lips aren't moving it's because of the gas coming out and filling the flute and it's what? yeah there's just yeah, this, the, like the gas is making its own music basically i actually like this is, this is how i feel sorry overall uh i actually like there's so many tones going on between goofiness <laughs> and like creepiness and here you have like a weird tim burton like nightmare circus clown yeah, shit going on yeah and like this will work isolated, but now it's just here in the middle of an apocalyptic story. So it's kind of also weird. it's almost like you get a montage of all the different ways you could use gas. Because yeah. they're like, look, <laughs> they use them to trapeze, or we use them to shoot people out of cannons. Yeah, and one guy's like blowing a basketball up with it above oh, it's his head. So weird. 
I, I don't mind the premise behind it because it's to show that the gas is alive. Like the gas is play, the, the the people aren't playing music. The gas is playing the music going through I them. Kinda, I kind of do because it makes it me- seem like the gas is like way more human than it. Oh yeah, it, 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 it is. It is uh, bad in terms of they shouldn't have introduced this element in the first place. But it's an interesting <laughs> way to, to deliver that element. I suppose, like, if you're going to do it in a creepy way, a carnival is, you know, that's that's all right. That's that's pretty high on the creepy scale, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's not how and I feel about the, it. The thing is, like, it's it's shown that the gas is sentient, but this is a level of sentience that's so <laughs> yeah, this is where so really much weird. more than the rest. This yeah, is so, where it jumped the walking shark. <laughs> so uh, a fire breather comes out and he breathes the gas out through fire and the, the gas actually f- through the fire you can see their faces more clearly it's like the faces he saw in the gas while he was in the pit so it basically makes it clear like there are ghosts in the gas some of them are a little more like out. creepy though like there's just a lot of like eyes and teeth and yeah, it's, weird it's like a mass skulls. of like abstract faces kind of mm-hmm. and they go and they try to grab onto the dashi and they burn his hand and uh so then they reveal new attraction and it's Kaori with her new fancy modern legs. And, you know, the circus is now, uh, Koyunagari, whatever his name was, uh, did it. They know, they think, oh, this is a new, uh, naturally created, uh, type of legs. And like, oh, how fancy it is. And, but, uh, Kaori is not happy being, uh, on the circus and she shoots something from her exhaust and yeah, runs like away. She, she can weaponize her exhaust into, like, this mucus or this, like, thick glob. In the movie, they, they, they make it clear that it's shit. Oh. I don't know if that's canon. So she poops yeah, on I, I took it as shit. It uh, looks like shit. I just thought it black. was like this thick, oily substance. But it might have been. It might have been because the movie doesn't take a lot. Of I mean, what what else would be the exhaust of a thing that uses stink? Wait, I don't know, Daryl. Yeah. Your shit's not a thick, oily substance. <laughs> so Tadashi chases after her, and he turns out the machine. Oh, speaking of, and this is my other problem with the circus scene, is that's the end of the circus scene, basically. Yeah, the other than one more, like, cameo at the end with the cannon. Yeah. So then he goes, actually goes to his uncle's house to unhook her, uh, and he knocks on the door, but only Miss Yoshiyama answers. And she says that Koyunagi his uncle. has died from his wounds, and she locked him in his lab so he could die of his work like his dad, which is stupid because that creates a lot of problems later on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then here, the, the casual just dropped that she had the house from the entire time, but he was too busy bur- being burned in his work to notice her. Like, it's a Reed Richards storm situation. <laughs> uh, and also, they were trying to, like, get Kaori out of the, the machine. The machine, And she's, she starts clipping away the, the stitching that's it's her lips when they're sewn to the, the pipes. And then she starts pulling on the pipe to get it out of her mouth, and it starts to rip her entire, like, upper lip off. And so, she's just a ride of course yeah, this point. It's just such a gross scene. And she's like, I'm sorry about this. And he's like, don't worry about it. I know. And she's like, she's dead. Yeah, but he wants. Yeah. He says, I want to cremate her body, but we also should cremate Koyanagi's body. Mm-hmm. So they go... Instead of keeping them like these disgusting things. Yeah, so then he's like, wait, uh, you locked the fucking, lock him inside his building. It's not going to find a way to break into his fucking building now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, something's moving around. Like, Tadashi breaks into the window. It's pitch black in there. Something's moving around. And it turns out uh, Koyanagi's hooked up to a second, better machine that seems to be attached to a blimp. It looks kind of like a bed with legs, with the teeth holding him in above it, and below it, it also has teeth to hold something. Yeah. And he's, like I said, he's like uh, cross spread out on this thing. I don't want to peek behind the curtain too much. 
but I'm looking at Sly's notes right now, and he says that he's attached to a blump, and it's maybe my favorite typo I've ever seen. He's <laughs> attached to a blumpkin. <laughs> Which would be fitting for this story. So Koinagi uh, chases after them. While shooting more shit, his own shit out of his exhaust. Yeah, we should mention that he's not only attached to this machine, it doesn't really walk, he's attached, he's literally attached to a blimp, and he starts flying around, bombarding yeah. them, and the chapter's called, it's like, the so Death Stench Air Raid. It's so weird. It's so weird. And then Tadashi suggests maybe Koinagi's jealous because he sees him and Miss Yoshiyama together, and he's like, oh, we have to make it clear, no, we're not together, uh, we're just we're just friends. Because Koinagi's now jealous. Yeah, over. this comes out of fucking nowhere. Out nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> and this is this is another creepy element of the story, which uh, uh, now that we've gone like well, it's like a circus. Now that we've gone this direction, it kind of works. Uh, uh, Kaori sees them together and reveals like she's in, in this grotesque mockery of humanity. She's still kind of alive. Yeah, it closes she, the she, the panels close up on her eyes, and you start to see them like water, and her eye, her eyes are like completely dead and white. Yeah, and she turns on the machine herself, and she goes after Yama. So, that's a really horrifying idea, the fact that, like, if she was, like, like, dead, that'd be something else, but she's still alive in this grotesque mockery, like, Mm -hmm. of humanity here. Yeah. Which makes Tadashi want to save her all the more. Yeah. Like, to not save her, but, like, to end her suffering. Yeah, so, uh, she, uh, uh, she chases after Yoshiyama, she, uh, Pushes outside the building, and that's where Koyanagi attaches the extra leg things below him and grabs her and flies away with her. Yeah, he gra- grabs her with the teeth, and then she's she's just gone with him. She's out of story. See, she's probably uh... dead, I guess. Uh, so the other creatures, uh, so Kiara gets swarmed by all the other like creatures, and they attack her and like rip her apart. And like it turns out, that they don't. I don't know. They're jealous of her legs or something like that. Like they're threatened by her. Yeah, because they're also legs. they bring out the cannon and they're also trying to shoot down the uncle in his blimp because apparently it's yeah, sort it's of like... fucking hilarious. I don't, I don't describe it. Oh, it's ridiculous. They they have the circus cannon. It's powered by fat, uh, bloody guys. They they, they basically flip the cannon and they shoot out a dude. She's out on the fat fat dude, <laughs> and uh, so they shoot out a fat dude at Koyanagi's blimp to, to take him down too. And they they hit, but Koyanagi had, was smart. He had a failsafe. He had <laughs> bat was... wings that fly after. That was so dumb. That was such like a Batman thing. Like I planned for my blimp to get shot down, and now I have wings. You know what's funny in the movie? They never bring. They never show what happens to Koyanagi's body. All happens is he he dies. He's gone first in the movie. And then at the end, like the final credit scene, before the credits roll, you see him flying in the distance. <laughs> this thing. I'm like, like, if anyone doesn't have to read the manga, they'll be very confused by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, so they're, they're establishing that these machines don't like the new version of the machines that have people in them. Which is kind of like this weird, yeah. like, so do the germs fight each other? <laughs> yeah, this is one of those weird things because now... It's raising a lot of questions I never answered. It explains so much and raising yeah. questions I never answered. This is 20 pages ends. from the end of the story. Mike. No, yeah. it's just like Toy Story. They're threatened by the new and improved technology. Yeah. This is exactly like Toy Story. But why Why introduce <laughs> that so late into the The last story? issue. The last fucking... Last chapter. Yeah. So, uh... So now the Lion's Cage is swarmed by the creatures. The air is just fucking thick with this stench. It's fucking fogged up as shit. You can't see human beings anywhere. They show they show a parade of the entire like all the people marching with like some sharks and the the giant like 
roast uh, gobs of the mountain of people on the shark machines. Looks cool. Hey, when you see them all marching together, like the asses hanging out, this is when you when I'm, I'm always like, this is kind of silly. What I'm reading right here. It, it is silly, but it's kind of like it's it's really sad that this is what humanity is going to become. Yeah, it is. There's an element of that too. It's kind of like it, it kind of work. It's kind of like Cross, where it's so fucked up <laughs> and depressing. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um. So, well, as Sasha Watkins, other survivors from Kyoto University show up, and they theorize that this has to be, uh, like, the, the legs had to have natural, like what, what Daryl said, they had to be naturally man-made, naturally made in some way, because they didn't make these main legs of all these different sizes. Like, something had, had to happen after they landed in the ocean. And one thing that they keep saying throughout the book that I think is really cool is they're, like, there's no screws or seams. Like, they're all, like... They, they're even though they're made of metal, they look organic. I also yeah. like that they brought up because I was thinking about the same thing too. Is how they sunk that ship that dropped all the legs to the bottom of the ocean. They said there's no way that there could be like more than six hundred legs on there, let alone six billion, like enough yeah, for yeah. the entire human race. Because while this is going on, this is going on overseas across the entire world, not just Japan. Yeah. yeah, and um, they're all and they're all they're all they're like fucking like what we said like fucking shark size, fucking like bug size, mm-hmm. and they say like the germs must have like replicated in some weird way. So the story is ultimately about cyborg fish powered by <laughs> fart germs, powered by ghosts. Like yeah, yeah, uh, kinda. Spoilers. Instead of cyborg, <laughs> it could be like you know, alien. Alien cyborg fish. Yeah. Some people say they might be aliens. Yeah, the circus guy says that, and he's the most reputable. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, again, he's, he was leading them. He wasn't even fat and bloated, mind you. Oh yeah, we showed so much. The circus guys were also people that like they kind of like, joined with the fucking bacteria to serve them in a weird way <laughs> yeah. to add more to the story. Or celebrate something. It's not explained. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Kyoto University guys, they say like we we're trying to find a cure. Come with us. Apparently, we're one of the few people immune to this. The gas. So let's go try to find a cure. Even though there's only a like few of us left, let's try to find the cure. And as they're walking back to Kyoto, they find uh, Kaori's stripped skeleton on top of her machine. Yeah, literally her skeleton on top of a destroyed machine with like its legs torn off and it's hollowed out. Yeah, yeah and Tadashi she says, like, I want a minute alone with her. And she says, uh, You're free, Kaori. Uh, you're finally free to smell. The end. Yep. It's just, it's, so. it's such, I love how sad that ending is where, that the story basically ends with him just being like, she's dead and that's good. Like, she finally got what she wanted. She doesn't have to smell anymore. Yeah, so, um. So I want to ask final thoughts in a slightly different way because yeah. it's our spooktacular or whatever. Ooh. So just the, the regular, would you read more of this? But also, do you think this succeeds as a horror story? Even if it doesn't succeed narratively or whatever, do you think this is a creepy story? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> I guess I have to kill Sly now. <laughs> I I personally don't... I, I think that this works much better as a horror story than a story. Like, I think it's creepier than it is well told. Okay. Personally. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's why I asked the question, because I think it succeeds as a horror story, even if I don't think it succeeds necessarily like in every, in the same narrative way that like Amagara Fault did. Well, well this is something I, I want to bring up. This is why I love horror stories. The, mo- the I think, I think horror has the most, uh, I don't know what you want to say, crevices, 
valleys. As it has like the lowest valleys, but the highest peaks of storytelling for me. Okay. Where uh, horror stories have like people talk about Game of Thrones. All Game of Thrones, you can have characters dying, shit like that. All all these new bold storytelling. Basically, horror stories have always been the boldest from storytelling. Like decades prior, the only type of story where you can have characters die, you can have downer endings, you can have uh, you have things come full circle, even if it's not the like the best feel good ending. You have things come full circle in the in the way that's a, a perfect. Uh, uh, telling of the themes and elements within it. Uh, like I would recommend anyone who's interested in horror, go check out John Carpenter movies like The Thing or In the Mouth of Madness. Those are like stories that perfectly illustrate this, where the, the endings and stuff perfectly tied. Like the, those movies could not have ended any other way uh, than they did. And uh, it's a lot of shitty horror stories, uh, really shitty horror stories, where it's just. Um, you know, like fucking uh, Jason chases a bunch of camp counselors, and it's like, yeah, fuck this there, shit. There's a lot of cliche ones. That's always my problem yeah. with the genre. Is you watch it and you, you yeah, get a uh, sense of what is going to happen or what the scares exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah, it has the most bullish storytelling, but also, uh, uh, a lot, like any other, any genre, you have a lot of imitators and people just imitate the same tropes over and over again. I would say this works better as a horror story because. Um, it has a lot of unique horror elements mm-hmm. that no other story has, has attempted. So it creates a new type of... bunch of I would say several new types of horror. You have this gas farting horror. <laughs> you have this walking fish horror. Yeah, you have like these uh, spider-like things attaching yeah, to people. It, like it horror. dabbles in a lot of different things, whether it's like the insectophobia or like the body horror or the horror yeah. fish. And it also like the apocalypse and having to like kill a loved one that's been infected. Or yeah. having a loved one with bad breath. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or bad butt gas. I, I would ultimately, <laughs> I would, but I, like, I would ultimately say, uh, it's a, it's a very good experiment, uh, but it doesn't come together uh, thematically. Like it feels like, it, especially after the first the first half, second half feels like it's getting more convoluted, and it doesn't really build to anything. It just ends like on a thought. Like we just we just introduced that these these germs are sentient. These germs yeah. are. Like it's it, like uh, it's a good, good experiment, but not a great story. For me, I wish it ended right. Like I wish the circus was cut out, and it was more about like him trying to like save Kaori, and then she gets like hooked up to the machines. And then maybe the other machines attack her or something when she's trying to defend him because it had like how they clued in that she has some kind of like sentience remaining. That'd be cool if she a, was trying to protect him. Yeah. And then she died doing that. And then that's how it... Because I love the ending of him looking out over the gas-infested world that the these walkers now inhabit. And him saying, you're finally, like, freed from this smell, this, like, horrible existence I'm now in. Like, I love that. Yes. It's just it's so weird at so many parts. Especially because the first, like, 70% of it is him and Kaori and his uncle and like how they're all interacting mm-hmm. none of that is in the circus part at all like there is yeah. nothing in the circus scene that has to happen well nothing. i it's suppose so like detached. more background for if the, the gas or is it ghosts? And it's not a that's not a fault of it. i think uh i, I do like if, if it was just they even left even left the ghost part as tadashi's hallucination you wonder if he's just going crazy yeah. or something like that like uh, when you explain horror too much it loses its visceral 
uh horror album yeah see it's I, like if you i like the explanation for where the legs come from and that they could bring up stuff where it's like oh you know the uh, this boat sunk all these legs and that's where they come from but then other people could say like but then where are the screws there's no holes these things are like why do they even need the boat why do you need the boat to be, why do you need to explain where the boat because comes otherwise from? it gets like a little too weird of where did the you just assume that I, and it really I, gets really I weird, like like, how's how's weird? Side here? i like that because it adds like a little bit more like realism of like this is a man-made apocalypse but it makes it make less weird. It's like one of those things where it's like Uncanny Valley with art. Like you're getting close to an explanation, but it still makes no fucking sense. So you call it more attention, it'll make sense. It kind of makes sense for like, this this idea of this germ. Uh, for me, like uh, I would always otherwise go it's to, like why like, would they smell so bad all the time? They have to be like because there's a fucking corpse attached to them. Like it makes sense to me. Like I don't think you need. But to then you don't have like all the weird stuff about always emitting gas, which I. I think is really cool. I don't think you can explain why you make gas as a germ. You can say like they're, they're, you can say it's a germ, like uh, very clearly they're infected with something. Like so, you don't need to explain that it's a sentient gas that forces you to fart. <laughs> and like I, I, I think, like I always go to, um, I always make comparisons between horror and comedy, and uh, like uh, uh, horror, much like much like comedy, you either find it scary or you don't. Like you find it funny yeah. or you don't. Yeah. And just like uh, horror and comedy, if you over-explain a joke, and you know, everyone has different definitions of how much you over-explain a joke, but if you over-explain a, a horror element, it loses its See, I didn't think this it. was over-explained. I think this was a good setup that, again, like, he continued to twist by, like, these things look alien. These aren't the walkers that He twisted that but made it more sunk. convoluted in the process. He just kept adding more convoluted elements to it where it could have been just... I, I like horror stories where, like, you have a bunch of different people giving explanations and it's never confirmed but, but there is an explanation there, there is a, a concrete explanation for these fucking uh, like it, it, first of all the fucking legs make no sense to me they create <laughs> these fucking gas powered legs like I don't think the knowledge existed back then pretty surely like again tying it so close to the real world caused more attention it's, it's to these weird know, sci-fi like elements a, to the it the weird steampunk alternate history stuff but there's no other steampunk elements in the story besides the legs like it, it's yeah. just it, I, I I think it just call, it just. I, I feel like we're at an impasse with the explanation of these legs. Like I feel like it's okay and fair to do that, and you don't. You feel like that was too much. Yeah, I, I would just say I would just yeah. say this is my general rule. I always call back to uh, the Night of Living Dead uh, trilogy, where the only explanation they ever gave for the dead coming back was um, uh, when there's too much too much room in hell. That's when the dead start walking the earth. I, I I can barely think of very few horror stories where they, they, they do the chemical army experiment stories and it's actually a good story. Like I, I usually usually it gets too much into the weeds away from what should be the visceral human elements yeah. of it. Uh, that sounds more personal taste than flow. It is. I'm just, I'm just saying my personal taste. Like, this is the point okay. of the show. Yeah, I think we can all agree that <laughs> the the latter half of the stories where we're all like, oh, okay, that's you're getting weird. Yeah, yeah. agree. Yeah. And like I said, uh, it's, it's it's just it's just like. Uh, comedies. Everyone draws their own line where it, you know, it stops being funny or where it stops being scary for them. You know. Yeah. Also, I want to reiterate that Ito is a great artist, and it definitely was worth it, even yeah. if it's a silly story. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. and also, uh, also, uh, would you see more uh, from this guy? Oh, absolutely. I want to explain that Uzumaki, I think, is his best story he's ever done, and it has no explanation for. It's basically separate stories about how spirals affect people which is a weird explanation but that's the entire it's three volumes and it's the drawings in it are really good and it's a really weird story yeah i'm uh because uzumaki is the one i always hear the most praise from yep and uh gyo is actually the one i've heard people say it's like one of the weaker words it works because it has like this unintentionally goofy element to it yep but uzumaki is the one everyone always praises so i'm really curious to oh yeah them. definitely 
I, I would love to do Uzumaki if we could do it for like next year, but it is three volumes, so it might be tough to do an, an episode. Well, we'll, we'll see how, how uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a two-parter. Yeah. Briefly, I just want to give a couple plugs. One, we don't mention it enough. Both, every episode of Device of Issues and Oopside Talk Politics are available at franzradio.com. It's a beautiful website. Franzradio.com. Franzradio.com. And it also has links to a lot of our affiliates, like my other podcast, We'll Get It Right Next Year, which just had an episode with Sly on it. <gasps> wow. Oh, snap. Yeah, Sly was on it, and he was there to promote our new merch store on redbubble.com. If you search Wagurney, that's W-G-I-R-N-Y, that Sly drew for us, it's an awesome, awesome poster. Yep. And you can also get, like, throw pillows or duvet covers, because we're ridiculous. <laughs> of that poster? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's pretty good. I currently have a clock in the mail. <laughs> and I also want to mention the Comrade Radio Network. I know I plugged them recently, but because it's October and it's spooky Halloween time, I want to mention Tales from the Static, who launched season two mm-hmm. recently with uh, the first episode of Candy Hearts, and it was super great. So if you haven't listened to Tales from the Static and you want some horror stories that don't have weird sentient gas circuses... Mm-hmm. That's probably a better place to go. Yeah, it's just about zombies and like bad boyfriends. Yeah, and yeah. that is all. All that, all tales from the static episodes and all the other episodes from the network are on comraderadio.com. Uh, for our uh, Franz Radio, should we have like a, a outro like Comrade Radio where we go Franz Radio? <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's that's a good why, audio. Why not just sound. do that? <laughs> just fuck. yeah. Okay, that's a new intro. That's all for this week. I've been really sensitive to smells. I've been eternally laughing at every butt crack I see, and I've been filled, bursting, if you will, with gas. Stay in continuity. Dot com. Independent Podcasting Network.